Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join us in our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Today is a free-for-all Friday. We would love to have you call in and let us know what is on your mind, what you're thinking. And if you listened to the program yesterday with Vody Bacham, what you thought about that interview as well. Doug, what you got going today? Well, did you uh, see this coming, that uh, Bible apps on phones lead to death sentences? Mm. Can you, I mean, can you imagine somebody coming, give, give, me, give me your phone, and if they find a Bible app on there, okay, go outside, yeah. and then you're executed. Uh, but that's what reliable sources are saying that, uh, the Taliban is going house to house. They're looking for people that helped out the U S, uh, people that were loyal to the U S and people that, uh, had downloaded Bibles on their devices. Um, and, uh, that's pretty bad. I mean, it's, it's, uh, right now, if you're in Afghanistan, and you have anything Christian on your phones, it's a, it's a really bad deal. And the Taliban, they have spies everywhere, and people are afraid of them in the country now. And they see us as a country as not caring, like we've just turned our backs on them. Well, I mean, it's uh, I, I, I see why they feel that way. I mean, because that's essentially what our government is doing. And, uh, yeah, it's sad. I, I think we have a responsibility once we got into the country and decided we were going to do uh, nation building type stuff, which I don't think is necessarily the way we should have went about it. But once you get into the country, like you have a responsibility there. If you shake things up to make sure it's set to rights before you leave and not just leave in a manner that, uh, you know, disrupts a whole bunch of people's lives get, is going to get people killed. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a, a black mark on our, our culture for sure. Well, even before um, what happened this week happened, uh, Open Doors uh, Ministries ranked Afghanistan as the second most dangerous country in the world for Christians to mm-hmm. live in. Um, and and now you uh, have one uh, um, member of parliament over in uh, the U.K. who said there are 228 missionaries in Afghanistan currently right now under the sentence of death. Um, and they're, they're confiscating Bibles and Christian literature. And as believers, we live in a country where we take that stuff for granted. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the work, I, I think even the work that has gone on over there, we just, most people have been oblivious to it, uh, that this is a hostile country toward the gospel and their desire is to wipe it out of their country yeah. and make no mistake about that. And um, I also was talking to a brother this morning whose son is doing a lot of work down in Haiti, yeah. and uh, there is a lot going on there. You know, a lot of people, because our news cycles are so fast, and, uh, you know, 
And in one moment, you know, we're thinking about Afghanistan because that's the hot topic. But Haiti uh, has had a president who was assassinated. Then they Mm -hmm. had a major earthquake. And most people don't know it, but a lot of the Haitians are hated by the other Caribbean countries. They're looked down upon. And, uh, and so trying to get aid in there and get pastors to work together has been really tough. And we need to pray for the believers down there. Um, we had, uh, a guy named Austin on our radio program who talked about his work in Haiti before, uh, and he is doing work down there. So please pray for Austin and the team of people he is working with and, uh, pray for those people down in Haiti, the believers, He's working with churches to rescue people, to get food to people, water to people. I'm going to try to see if we maybe can get him on next week for a little while to tell us an update of that. And um, I pray uh, there's several ministries that are working in Afghanistan right now, also trying to help uh, refugees as well as uh, help people that are there. And so we just need to lift up... uh, all these believers, and I find it interesting that our government is turning to nonprofits to go do the work that they should be doing over there. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. I mean, not just there, but even in in Haiti, you know. Um, and thank goodness that there are believers who are doing uh, what we should be doing and taking care of people. But we need to pray for them. If you're at home. Uh, you're driving in your car just take a moment and you don't have to know their names you don't have to know uh exactly who they are but you just pray for the believers who are doing the work in haiti and afghanistan pray for protection and you go does it really matter yes it matters intercede for those people intercede for them um you know but but haiti is just becoming afterthought almost because of afghanistan yeah uh well their uh the presidential assassination happened and then i think uh south america or south africa excuse me uh went into their stages of riot so it got covered or kind of got forgotten because like you say the pace of the news cycle and then this huge uh earthquake that hit it um and then they got hit by a tropical storm on top of that uh yeah but again gets kind of lost in the sauce with uh what's going on in uh, Afghanistan. But yeah, that that's a place, you know, right next door where, um, you know, people are suffering and, and uh, I, I don't remember how many dead in the earthquakes, but I think they're still sifting through the rubble and all that as well. Well, so. that I think the death toll is up over 2000. Yeah. I think now the earthquake hit on the 14th. That's less than a week ago. Mm-hmm. It seems like so much longer. And it was a 7.2 magnitude earthquake. And um, destroyed, I mean, uh, thousands of houses, and uh, and and you know, it just creates a, a huge uh, disaster right now. I know that a lot of these uh, organizations are trying to help distribute meals. You're talking about hundreds of thousands of meals. So uh, we need to pray and uh, and be aware of what's going on down in Haiti. Uh, there's a lot of people, uh, about 30,000 families are now homeless down there. Mm. And that creates its own problems uh, and a lot of children. And so um, just uh, pray for these people who are doing the ministry down there. And uh, as believers, let's just uh, let's kind of get outside of our, our mask vaccine world for mm-hmm. a second and remember what's going on. Um, 
And I know we've talked about these things on here. We've talked about the mask and vaccine because that's in our world. And but but the bottom line is there are people who are really at risk right now, brothers and sisters in uh, Afghanistan, and uh, we, they could use our prayers. Not to mention the people over in China and North Korea. You know, I mean, there's still a lot of hostile areas to the gospel. Uh, it's funny. Uh, I watched uh, last night. I was just kind of channel flipping a little bit and uh, there was a movie on that Lori didn't want to see but it was on a station where it was kind of um, you know how it's like I call it airplane mode you know like when you go on an airplane they clean up the movies mm-hmm. oh yeah uh, you know what uh-huh. I mean yeah. they they don't have all the stuff on there uh, they censor uh, the words and everything right. but it was called Greenland and it was uh, had uh, the guy who was in 300 the actor oh, you mm-hmm. know who played Leonidas and Gerard Butler. uh, Yeah, Gerard Butler. He played in this movie, and it was about really a catastrophic event happening where this meteor or meteor showers hit the earth, and it was an earth ending event. You know, and I was watching that movie just thinking uh, about um, what would happen if that really did happen, something like that. You know, I know that was a movie. But I remember Lori said, I don't want to watch a movie like that. But the bottom line is that one day, everything that we know on earth is going to be destroyed by fire. And I was watching some of, like a whole, like they were simulating these meteors hitting at different spots and almost like a nuclear blast wiping out whole cities. And everybody was terrified. They were fighting to try to get to the one refuge place. And I was thinking, how many people really, really believe that Jesus is that one refuge place that no matter whether you're in a spot where the meteor is going to hit or whether you're in a bunker that you think you're safe, but you're really not. And I think uh, for a lot of people, and this is kind of what we've tried to been drive, drive home about the vaccine and about the mask and everything. We're not telling people not to do any of those things. What we're trying to talk about is the whole issue of fear, because uh, as believers, we don't operate out of fear. You never should operate out of fear as a believer. You operate from a, a faith perspective that says, you know what? My God is greater than anything I can encounter. And uh, his word uh, tells me. Uh, about how he's interacted with people in the past, people who were told. Uh, I remember when uh, I, I, I think it was one of the, either the Ammonite king that came against Hezekiah uh, or the Moabite king. It was one of those kings came against him and told him all the stuff he was going to do to him. And he cried out to God. And he, you know, he was like, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. You know, he, he just... You don't have to know what the plan is. You just have to know the one in charge of the plan. And and a lot of times we try to plan everything. We try to have everything so we can pre- we can prevent ourselves from having to go through what God may want us to go through. And and sometimes, like I said, I think it was the other day. Sometimes you got to go through the uh, cross to get to the crown. Mm. And, and I, I think we forget that. We try to avoid the pain. And sometimes pain's good. It, right. Sometimes the pain makes you stronger. And in fact, most of the time it does. 
So when we come back, we can pick back up on that. And we'd love for people to call in today. It's a great day to call in. Yes, it is. Stick with us. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. That is Need to Breathe with Brother. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. If you are just joining us, today is Friday, and we're doing a little bit of a open forum Friday. So if you would like to call in and join our discussion, we're talking about uh, pretty much everything we've talked about throughout the week and throughout the month so far. Remember this month, we are taking uh, time to look at Fault Lines by Vody Bacham. He was on the program yesterday and also... Christianity and Wokeness by Owen Strand. And then we're also talking just a little bit about what's going on around the world. So if you would like to uh, call and uh, join in, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Hey, Steve, uh, I just got uh, an email that our streaming has been down the whole first segment. Nobody's picking up any streaming for some reason. Um, so the people who are streaming it out there, um, all the people that are listening live on air are getting it, but the streaming uh, uh, is not happening. So uh, I don't know what's going on with that, but thank you for letting us know. And uh, I'll update uh, you. If you're in your car or you're listening on your radio, you can listen at 917 you can listen uh, in uh, in Jacksonville, 91.9, in St. Augustine, 91.3, in Georgia, hopefully, uh, up on the Lighthouse in Virginia, and then WMER in Meridian. But, uh, and they can, if they miss us live, they can also check out our podcast, yeah. or you can go to www.swatradio.com, click on the past programs link, and listen there. So hopefully those who are not able to catch it on the stream right now will hear us talking about it uh, when they go back and listen later. Yeah, you know, Taylor... Um, I know you listened yesterday to Vody, um, and it, it was a little challenging just because he's over in Africa. 
and you know it was it was i was grateful that we had pretty good internet yeah. over there we didn't really have any bad problems except we had a couple of technical difficulty here a little bit a couple of technical problems just trying to get them on but once we got going it was good what did you think uh of was it was there anything he said that caught you or that uh you heard that uh yesterday because i i mean i i kind of had the impression that that book that david platt had read or that um uh, i think it um i think it was ligon duncan had suggested um was a spiritual book because it was given out among a lot of evangelical it was, it was talking about religion as well but it wasn't coming from a christian perspective yeah that's yeah. what he said it was more of a social construct book or a social studies book and uh, so i learned that and then i thought he had a really good uh, point i asked him the question about what do you do if you have a brother on the other side of the fault line or a sister on the other side of the fault line uh, as it relates to critical race theory, like they've not fully bought in, but they're partially bought in or they're woke light or whatever. And he said he gave three three things. First, uh, you want to engage them and have conversation with them. Two, you want to clarify what they say. And then you want to tailor your response, no pun on your name there, but <laughs> a tailor your response to the appropriateness of your relationship with them. In other words, if you have a good direct relationship with them, you can be direct back in your response to talking to them about it. But if not, you want to be a, a little more diplomatic, probably uh, tactful. Um, you know, you and I have a pretty direct relationship, so we could talk directly, but not everybody feels that way some people feel attacked. And even I, I know in my own life, I get very passionate about things. And so in my passionate uh, explanation, sometimes people think I'm angry or they think I'm really upset when I'm not. I'm just passionate about getting my point across. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, I, I hear the same type of things. So <laughs> I, I understand you there. Yeah. So anyway, um, I thought it was really interesting when he was talking about there's people who are like known to be, you know, advocates of uh, CRT type stuff who do not believe it at all. And we'll say privately that, you know, you know, pastors, this is what we're talking about. We'll say privately, uh, well, you know, I don't hold to any of this stuff, but I, I'm incorporating it because I don't want to offend, um, you know, my um, black and brown friends uh, that I have, I think is how uh, Bodhi described it. I, I just couldn't believe that, uh, that 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 just sounded that sounded really bad to me that uh you know i don't believe it but i say it because i don't want to offend people because, that, because, and to be a pastor and do that like that sounds pretty bad I, it sounds like cowardice to me yeah you know? to say that you don't believe it so isn't that kind of almost hypocritical then yeah to do that not that we we all do hypocritical things right I mean, and 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 especially in light of so you know he said that the people who say stuff like that so if you know it deeply as far as like you know what uh he talks about in fault lines like hey this is a, a pseudo religion here why would you even give any sort of uh credence to that if you don't believe it and you're just looking to offend that just seems remarkably unloving of a thing to do for a pastor who's supposed to be leading uh the flock so you know i don't know how many people maybe it's just like one or two people that he he talked to that had been that way i just was astounded that you know people would be so afraid of being unkind or, or seeming unkind that they would uh, 
shy away from the truth. Mm-hmm. It was it was that was pretty revealing, mm-hmm. and I think it was a, a, a evidence of a deeper problem, maybe that the the church in America has uh, that I just didn't realize was the case. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, apparently, um, there's no streaming for SWAT Radio. Uh, out there on SWATradio.com, on TuneIn Radio, on whatever. So uh, I apologize to the people listening who want to transition <laughs> uh, onto <laughs> SWATradio.com. Um, that's uh, never a good thing. And so I'm going to see what we can do to rectify that. But if you are listening on a radio and you would like to call Taylor, what number do they call? They can call 1-844-777-7928. Again, that's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or if you would like, you can also email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. All right. I uh, would love to have you call in. Um, and if you don't have the book um, that Vody, uh wrote called Fault Lines, the one we were talking about yesterday, I'd love to give you a copy. And if you call in and uh, be happy to do that, Steve can get your info and we'd love to have you share maybe uh, your thoughts about this whole issue. Because, you know, there's a lot of different places um, or a lot of different views. That, mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, Taylor and I are pretty passionate about our views, but we're happy to take opposing views if you want to call in. So, uh, yeah, that was another, I think, important distinction that he made there about people who, you know, the different camps, I guess, that people could be in, people who are all in with CRT and other people who are maybe just confused. Um, so this book is a good clarifying uh, book for you if you are interested. So, again, if you don't have it, be sure to call in and uh, let us know what you think, and hopefully you will read it because it is a great reference uh in your pursuit of knowledge and of the truth. Yes. Um, it's, it's good. And I, I, I think that his book and Owen strand book is, is really the two best that I've read on it. So, um, I, I really appreciated Bodie coming on yesterday, uh, and, and taking the time to, to talk to us about some of the things. And I thought he made a lot of good points. You know, I, I thought he, um, he made a lot of good, um, thoughts about or, or or comments about how we as believers should view it and the gospel should be the driving lens through which we see people not social uh, constructed things so, yeah yeah i i agree and uh, you know it's uh interesting to me you know i think people take this in people who are maybe not aware of the full depth of uh crt and where it comes from and they they think oh you know we have to incorporate this so that we can um, uh, bridge the racial gap, right, or mm-hmm. or something like that, uh, without realizing that the Bible is sufficient for uh, all of those questions that we have and for creating uh, unity b- between the brotherhood. And so that's something that we need to remember even when, you know, new and flashy things come around, especially if we're unaware of, uh, the the theological or the uh, intellectual underpinnings of what is being piped in towards us. Yeah, the other thing I appreciate about, appreciate about Vody is, even though he's a preacher and a pastor, he's also a uh, a real student of culture, mm. and uh, he addresses things out in the culture. I thought he and you know he he we didn't talk about it yesterday. But I, I want to bring this up, and I, 
I, I, I thought it was, we talked about it off air. Uh, so there was, um, everybody remembers, he, he, he mentioned the trigger event for a lot of the stuff we saw um, it was George Floyd, even though there were other things. In fact, I think Corey Bush, who is a representative in the United States mm-hmm. uh, House, uh, is she a senator or congressman? I think she's a Congress, congressman, yeah. right? Yeah, she just talked about Michael Brown, who, again, Michael Brown tried to poke the eye out of a police officer. I mean, yeah. it was, and that's that's documented. That's not, it's not, you I mean, you can dispute it, but the facts are that he tried to, uh, he, he basically assaulted a police officer. And uh, and so he was not shot with his hands up. Yeah. That that was all a, a hands fabrication. Up, it was a fabrication. Yeah. And even the Obama Justice Department uh, yeah, corroborated that, that. Yeah, they, corrobor- they did corroborate that. But, um, you know, George Floyd was a huge uh, catalytic event to everything. And in his book, he brings up uh, a guy in Dallas, Texas. And listen to this guy his name was tony tempa t-i-m-p-a and he called police and asked for help nobody called police he called police uh the type of restraint they put their knees and their hands on his back and neck the length of restraint for george floyd was eight minutes for tony tempa it was 14 minutes uh the the officer demeanor during the restraint if you look at the George Floyd videos, it's calm and serious. I mean, they were they were calm. They weren't mocking him. Right. They were, but they were they were on there. There's no question. With Tony Tempa, they mocked and laughed at him. The officer reaction to when they went unresponsive, none for George Floyd. And you know what they did with Tempa? They laughed and mocked him. Uh, but the legal response was. With Floyd, all officers were arrested. With Tony Tempa, officers were neither arrested nor charged, and the footage was withheld for three years. Nobody even knows Tony Tempa's name. Why? Because he's not black, and it doesn't fit the narrative. Yeah, um, and you can find, actually, that footage of Tony Tempa online now. I've seen it, and it is um, it's pretty sad, uh, yeah. for sure, and we should... And the, the key is both of them are wrong. Yeah, I was just about to say, we should be concerned with all death that are uh, unwarranted, regardless of the skin color. All right, we are up against the news break. We will be back with more after the news. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles... You've been hearing the same old voice at the same old lies. If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. That is Chain Breaker by Zach Williams. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, today is Friday, and we are doing an open forum Friday, so we would love to have you call in and join us in our conversation. We've been talking about a number of things throughout the week, talking about uh, COVID, talking about what's gone on in Afghanistan, what's gone on in Haiti, also talking about uh, what has been going on in the church. That's been our focus for the past uh, month, talking about Fault Lines by Bodie Bauckham, as well as 
Christianity and Wokeness by Owen Strand. Uh, Vody Bakum called in and was uh, part of the program yesterday, and we were honored to have him on. So if you have any questions about any of that or want to talk about anything like that, please give us a call at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Yeah, and our, you know, our SWATradio.com website is uh, is where there's a problem. Um, when you try to listen, there is just a problem with the live stream. I don't know what's wrong with it. I'm sorry about that. But we will try to get that taken care of by next week. Uh, we're not able to get it done today, oh, I... Uh, yeah, the it, it, you know that's one of the issues sometimes when you do the live streams like that. Uh, it's our stream coming out of here is good. So uh, uh, if uh, I guess the people that would like to hear it by live stream aren't even hearing what we're saying anyway, <laughs> yeah. so it's kind of pointless. But they can listen to it uh, in the podcast. But yeah, I going back to fault lines. I want to go back to Tony Tempa for a second because. The media response to that was non-existent. Nobody knew his name. Nobody, had you ever heard of that case? Mm-hmm. I mean, prior to his book, I mm-hmm. had never heard of that. How did you hear about it? Uh, I think, what year was that again? It w- happened in 2016. Yeah, so uh, I was in the police academy when the, the film came out. Oh, sure so so they so they out. showed you guys. Yeah. Huh? Wow. Well, I had never heard of it. Um but, um, again, what happened to George Floyd was tragic. It was. That was a tragedy. However, you know, and like he said in his book, it wasn't unique. That's happened before. Um, and it, it doesn't really represent a particular pattern of brutality. It was just, it was a bad thing that happened. And, that's you know, it's like... Um, you know what Pastor John MacArthur said. Uh, you know if the bus is late, well, it's uh, it's inequity. You know, I mean, like uh, it, it's white fragility, it's white or white privilege or whatever. It, everything gets lumped into that. And what the problem with that is is when there are real legitimate uh, ethnic prejudice cases and and real things that happen between police who abuse their authority because that does happen um that gets clouded up mm. instead of really addressed because people are so distracted by the ridiculous claims that have no validity that they dismiss the others and that's what the problem is it's like you cry wolf 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 and then there really is a wolf nobody listens yeah and that's part of the problem yeah, and it it also by you know uh, talking bad about the police all the time that obviously creates a us versus them narrative and people who support the police and people who don't then are very defensive and so when something happens that does seem to be a, an extreme act of injustice I don't know if you ever saw the guy the unarmed white dude who got shot in a hotel in Arizona after the officers gave him uh, contradictory commands and he's pleading for his life mm-hmm. those officers you know got off on that which it looked pretty bad i mean but there was a sense of oh we got to protect um you know the police because of the attacks that have been placed on them that have been unnecessary and uh, unjustified and then the bad uh, the press and stuff that comes out of that and it just creates a a tension of rather than people seeking truth of 
oh, hey, we got to protect our side. Yeah. yeah. Do you, let me ask you this, Taylor. Do you, um, out in your worldview, because you're 30 years younger than I am, uh, the people that you hang around uh, are the people in your age group, I would say. Is there um, more of a distrust of not just police, but any authority? Yeah, I would say that uh, especially my generation and younger uh, has a feeling that the institutions are, you know, not trustworthy. Um, and, yeah, you're kind of, depending on your faith background, if you're a Christian, you're, you know, you you still hold your faith. But people who aren't Christians are kind of like, I'm, I'm just doing whatever I think is right in my own eyes type thing. And, uh, you know, the uh, I, I wouldn't say there there's one institution for the majority of my generation that people look at and say, oh, yeah, they still have uh, moral authority or they're, they're still trustworthy. Now there's obviously people, uh, uh, individuals who still put trust in you know the police or in uh, state and local governments. But as a whole, I would say that the feeling of my generation is that, uh, you know, the, the, the institutions uh, are corrupt and not worth uh, trusting. Well, I, I know that uh, one of the, the major issues that affect our country in particular is the lack of fathers Mm -hmm. that still continues to be kind of pushed to the background. Uh, I mean, you hear people talk about it, but as far as really proactively trying to uh, engage. Yeah. There's not a lot of serious talk about it. No. Um, I mean, uh, I know that uh, this this is uh, back 10, 12 years ago. Uh, one, our president said, we know the statistics that children who grow up without a father are five times more likely to live in poverty and commit a crime, nine times more likely to drop out of school, 20 times more likely to end up in prison. They are more likely to have behavioral problems, run away from home, or become teenage parents themselves. And the foundations of our community are weaker because of it. And that was President Barack Obama who said that. Probably wishes he would take that back now because <laughs> if somebody said that today, they people would berate them yeah. for saying that. So uh, anyway, um, you know, the uh, he gave that speech in an inner city church in Chicago. Nobody got upset. Uh, nobody really disagreed. Uh, why? Because he was sharing the truth, mm-hmm. you know, but now you can't share the truth like that. Um, uh, anyway, um, yeah, and that lack of fatherlessness, that's something that has been, uh, around for a while and has been, uh, exacerbated since, you know, the, the early seventies, if not the sixties, you know, with the great, uh, society and things like that, that have really sought to degrade, uh, the primary uh, institution in uh, American culture, which is the family. And if you take the father out of the home, you destroy the family. And so we've been seeing that uh, not just through legislative action, but also cultural stuff um, by uh, trying to make it, I guess, not cool, but men have feeling like, oh, I don't want to take on the responsibility of a family. I can get everything that I would have gotten out of marriage without, you know, the commitment and without taking care of kids and without giving up any of my money because we live in a, a culture where, you know, free love is uh, is running rampant. And that does more to keep destroying 
the family as well. And it, that if, oh, if I do get someone knocked up, well, you know, the government's going to take care of them and the, the government's going to be their daddy and the government's going to uh, indoctrinate them into the ways of which they should go uh, instead of the father training them up. And I, I think until we fix that issue, till we start f- focusing on that issue, sp- particularly as a church, uh, the culture is going to continue to degrade. Yep, I agree. I do. And I think we got a caller. Yeah, Ken, how you doing today? Good. How are you all this afternoon? Doing well. Where are you calling from, Ken? Great. I'm calling right here from Jacksonville. Awesome. Well, what's on your mind today? Well, I was listening to what you were saying, and I think you're so spot on and absolutely right that uh, over the past years, you've seen just a denigration of the um, the traditional family. Mm-hmm. And you've got uh, people that are not married, that are living together. You've got um, mothers raising children on their own. You've got uh, people that are supposed fathers that are just disengaged. Mm-hmm. And of course, the result of that, I think, bears to what you said, that you've got an entire generation that has no respect for authority. And if you go into the Bible and read very carefully, uh, Jesus and the New Testament talks about respect for authority. You may not like the President of the United States, but uh, God puts every leader in place for a reason. We don't understand it, but that person was God's choosing to be there. And now what we have is just a complete generation that has no respect for authority at all. The parent, police, President of the United States, your boss, whoever it is, and ultimately this this just won't end well. Uh, no society comes back from something like this and gains back their traditional values or comes back to the peak that they were before. And I really believe that we're a country on the decline. Yeah, well, you know, uh, that's you're you're so right, Ken. I appreciate your your call and your perspective. And um, you know, uh, we got we got a couple of minutes here, real quick. Uh, where where do you see those around you and your sphere of influence in the area of critical thinking right now? In regards to what? And, and, I mean, about anything? About yeah, like like about anything? Like where have you see? Do you see people? being more critical in the way they think about things as far as like analyzing or have we become mindless sheep? Uh, are no, you- we, we, well, we become, we become sheep that are just mindless to themselves. I mean, that's what we become as a society. Yeah. Uh, and really, and part of it is, isn't this that go back to Roe versus Wade, which I think is the genesis, of a lot of what's occurred in our culture. Um, and that 60 million, you've killed off, entire countries, yeah. 60 million children mm-hmm. um, have not been brought into this world. Mm-hmm. And then when you layer on top of that, just the removal that we've had of God, um, it just, it just doesn't go well. Yeah. Hey, Ken, real quick, God's do you, patience is do, not infinite. do you have Vody's book fault lines? I do not. All right. I well, good. I'm going to, I'm going to get it for you. Uh, I'm going to have, all right, Steve's going to get during the break. Just hang on with him. He'll get your address and stuff and we'll be right back on SWAT radio. Right. And then, uh, I'll send you that book. That'll be your, thanks for your call today. And thanks for listening. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. God bless you too. Thanks for calling in Ken. We will be back with more after the break. So stick with us. You're listening to SWAT radio. Stay tuned. 
This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Look down from a broken sky Stopped by the city lights My world from a mile high Best seat in the house tonight Touchdown in the cold black top Hold on for the sudden stop Breathing the familiar shock Of confusion and chaos All those people go Welcome back to SWAT Radio If you are just joining us Doug is... Uh, He's uh, <laughs> he'd surprise me. He just jumped back into the room. But we are having a uh, open forum Friday, so we would love to have you call in and join the discussion. You can do so at one eight four four seven 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 nine two eight. That's one eight four four triple seven SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at swatradio dot com. That's ask a s k at swatradio dot com. Just before the break, we had a listener call in named Ken, and he said something that made me think of an old Thomas Jefferson quote uh, when he was talking about what our country has done, uh, particularly in the realm of uh, abortion. And uh, the quote was, "I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just and that His justice cannot sleep forever." And uh, I think we're seeing. Uh, God's justice play out and how we have uh, lived our lives collectively as Americans since, you know, the 60s um, and, and the 70s. So I think uh, Roe v. Wade was 73, so almost 50 years of uh, murdering babies uh, in their mother's womb. And we can't uh, hope or we can't claim to have any sort of moral uh, right leg to stand on when we look at what's happening with the Taliban because, you know, in a lot of ways we're complicit with the same uh, type of actions. And well, we've lost our moral authority with them in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, in a lot of a lot of different things, and mm-hmm. they and they pointed that out. Mm-hmm. They talk about you. You're going to lecture us about freedoms over here when you don't let your people have freedom of speech on Facebook yeah. and social media. They're yeah. telling them that. Yeah, and that, that's when the Taliban of all places is uh, basically trolling. Uh, the United States and our government, that is, you know, you've hit a low point. And then, you know, he talked again about uh, leaders being appointed by God. And and I think, you know, one of the things that God appoints leaders sometimes as uh, as a as a way of judgment. And I would say that, you know, our leadership that who is in leadership now in this country, I think that is God's uh, part of his judgment on the culture, uh, because as 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 he said, talking about abortion and, and, and uh, fatherlessness and things like that. 
that that stuff that's been going on for more than a generation now that's that's two generations moving into three uh that, that we would think that we are not deserving of some sort of justice uh from god i, I think is foolish and i think that until we collectively um well individually really but on a large scale uh hit hit the hit our knees and repent and turn from our wicked ways uh the ju- the uh, the the yeah what's happening is not going to stop no it's not and um you know the um the thing is uh taylor is we look at our world yeah i i don't i i absolutely believe our world in america we have been in a lot of ways that's why i read that passage about ezekiel the other day because mm-hmm. i think in a lot of ways we've we've kind of got to the place where our choices have led us as a yep. nation mm-hmm. we've turned our back on god we've allowed the murder of millions of children for uh um convenience yeah for money for whatever reason and um and we we've lived out Romans one, yeah, where we've uh, we we and in Romans one three times I think it's three maybe four but three for sure it says and God gave them up and God gave them up and God gave them up. We're here because God gave us up to this, yeah, because we've asked for it as a nation, and um, and we can complain and be upset, but what we need to do is repent as a nation. For the sins of our nation and um and the sins of turning from god and the sins of of allowing these things to happen without uh and people go well well we can't do anything well we've been quiet yeah as a church as a nation you know um i, I just i just think uh we you know people uh have been bullied into a lot of things, into silence, I think. And we see it even with the current medical things we're going to now. I'm amazed at how, listen, we have lost the free exchange of ideas in our nation. You're welcome to disagree with what Taylor and I say on here. We can talk about it and we can love each other about it. But we're all we're allowed to believe what we want to believe. That's the beauty of the country that we live in. At least it used to be, where we could have different ideas and still be brothers and still yeah. be, you know, um, just because we have a difference of opinion. But now, if you have a difference of opinion on critical race theory, if you have a difference of opinion on the vaccine, if you have a difference of opinion on uh, COVID nineteen treatment protocols, if you have a, a different uh uh difference of opinion about uh women preaching in the church about the gifts of the spirit whatever it is you cannot really have good functional conversations if you disagree because if you disagree that means i don't like you Hmm. yeah because you're not like me and and we lose the diversity of the body and the uniqueness of each person that god has made in his image and um and and I, I think we should have passionate disagreements. I mean, that's how that's how you get sharper, mm-hmm. you know. And so, anyway, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that the reason that you're seeing people being unable to disagree where in the past uh, people could is because the, the moral underpinnings of people's worldview, of people's thoughts, of people how they viewed the country was similar, the same, right? They they, they shared shared 
uh, similar morals and uh, a similar understanding of what this country uh, was built upon, right? But now uh, we're, we're looking at a battle worldviews where people either don't know kind of the moral underpinnings for why they think what they think or they just uh, hold moral beliefs that are repugnant to others. And so there's can't be a connection there's there's not a lot of disagreement that is available because everything is seen as an attack on one worldview or the other. And so when we're in a state like that, you know, there is hard to have peace um, if we can't come to an agreement on what is essential. What are the fundamentals? Yeah. Well, I, hey, Ken, thank you again for calling. By the way, your book will be there tomorrow. Isn't Amazon great? <laughs> yeah. And I don't think, like their philosophy, but I love their pro, <laughs> their productivity, man. Yeah, I think we have another caller as well. Um, who we got on the line from Jacksonville? This is Dougal. <laughs> oh, how you doing today? Who, who is this? Hey, very well, thank you. Um, I just wanted to say I'm 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 uh, on board with you. I will not bow the knee to uh, this woke CRT uh, social justice. Uh, uh, fringe, fringe lunatics. Uh, they, they're only a minority of people, and the, the small minority has taken over. Yeah, uh, you know it's um, it's interesting. You know, if you if you abandon the truth of the Bible, um, you know what you can be found yourself falling into. So I'm glad that that is not uh, something that you're willing to do. That you're willing to stand for the truth. And and it's interesting, you know. It's uh, it seems like a fringe minority, but when the majority is silent, um, they're at least tacitly agreeing with uh, what the minority's position is, and if they are letting them uh, run the show. So uh, I think it is important for us to to stand on truth and to be willing to engage uh, with love those who uh, maybe are afraid to speak out. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, I think uh, we've we pretty much, like I said earlier, been bullied into silence uh, over the years. A- and uh, also, I think, apathetically been mm. pushed into silence because we've been preoccupied with other stuff that really isn't yeah. as important. Yeah, stuff times. that doesn't matter as uh, taking preeminent place in our lives. Um, where the things that are eternal have been pushed uh, to the side and to the periphery, and we do that at our detriment. And uh, it's no wonder that we wander around lost if that's the case in our lives, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Duga, thank you for calling. Uh, hey, well, Taylor, we only have a, a few minutes left for the week, and, uh, you know, we uh, we are um, – going to be pushing into next week which is really the last week um of uh the critical theory responding to wokeness in the gospel as far as like uh how, how we respond and next week just to give our listeners a a heads up you can read ephesians 2 and uh galatians 3 and 4 and we're going to really look at next week on how to respond by the way our stream is back up now. Finally, uh, it was unplugged. No, it really wasn't unplugged. But it was. It's. They, there was a problem with our stream coming out, and um, so we got that squared away. 
And sorry for any inconvenience if you're listening this after. We'll try to get that taken care of earlier. Now we know, and now I'm aware of, uh, if there's a problem, where to go uh, to get that done. So uh, sure, appreciate all you listeners out there. And I uh, wanted to remind you again, Vody is going to be in town September the 19th, which is uh, a little less than a month away at First Baptist Church. He's going to be speaking, uh, and uh, you don't want to miss that. That'll, that'll be a great chance to uh, see Vody and, um, and and hear him in person, and he is a phenomenal preacher. Yeah. He loves the Lord. He loves his word, and he is a good expositor and a great communicator. Um, I mean, he is a very gifted man as far as mm-hmm. communication skills. And, and I think that's good. You know, uh, it's, it's, it, when you have somebody who is gifted in communication, it helps, you know, to, yeah. to be able to get it. But of course the Holy spirit has to be the lens through which we, uh, take everything. And right, so, right. but I do appreciate Bodie's love for the Lord and his word. And so, uh, just, uh, mark that date down on uh september 19th yeah and i think that uh you'll be able to listen to they'll have a, a stream up if you're not able to make it to um first baptist but if you are unfamiliar with Bodie bachman you can also listen to our podcast uh or excuse me our program yesterday by looking up our podcast and uh, you can listen to that interview uh which was a great one or you can also probably just search his name on youtube he has plenty of stuff out there like uh doug said he is a great preacher um and i highly encourage you to listen to him Um, And we were happy to have him on uh, yesterday. Anyway, that is all the time we have for the week. Before we go, I'd like to let you know that you can download our SWAT app in the App Store and give a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking and Ace Door and Window, as well as Jeff Andrews from Highway to Eternity Ministries. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program, as I said, you can listen to our past programs link uh, by visiting www.swatradio.com. Again, that's www.swatradio.com. And you can listen on our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great weekend. If you missed a SWAT Radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's work to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening 